Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from the Library of Alexandra Alexandra Elbikin on Radiolab with Lulu Miller and Latif Nasser. Intro. Alexandra Elbikin underscore ring is a Kazakhstani computer programmer and creator of the website SciHub, which provides free access to research papers without regard for copyright. She is known as the Pirate Queen of Science. In this episode, Eli Benton Cohen covers the rise of SciHub and its creator. He conducts an in-person interview with Alexandra, a woman on the run, and shares his conversation with her. Check out these podcast notes on the shortcomings of the peer review process. Hosts, Lulu Miller and Latif Nasser. What is SciHub? SciHub is a library website that provides free access to millions of research papers and books without regard to copyright. All of the papers made available on SciHub are copyrighted and owned, so open sourcing them is technically illegal. Aaron Swartz Aaron Swartz was a whisked computer programmer that created the RSS feed architecture used for podcasts by the age of 15. In 2010, as a research fellow at Harvard, he figured out a way to download all of the scientific papers from JSTOR, a research repository. He wanted to open source the knowledge kept behind the paywalls of scientific journals. Aaron Swartz was arrested for downloading the JSTOR library and he was charged with fraud and piracy. Swartz faced up to 35 years in prison and millions of dollars in fines. However, the 26-year-old killed himself before the trial was finished. The scientific journal industry. For-for-profit publishers dominate the scientific journal industry. Elsevier, Springer Nature, Elsevier, Taylor, and Francis. They have broad portfolios of journals that they publish. For example, Elsevier has over 2,500 journals that it publishes. The publishers do not fund any of the research they eventually publish in their journals. The funding mostly comes from government or private grants. The journals pay for the work to maintain their journals, which is primarily editing. The editors at the journal are paid to determine what is truly important research that is worthy of publication. The publishers are generating higher profit returns on an operating basis than Apple and Google. The publishers are charging the scientific community to read the research that was conducted by the scientific community. Not to mention that the research was paid for by the public. The idea of charging for the research is not necessarily bad, but the degree to which they do is the part that upsets many in the scientific community. This was the system that Aaron Swartz was trying to disrupt, but the law ultimately ruled in favor of the publishers. Then Sci-Hub started. Sci-Hub came on the scene in 2011, the same year that Aaron Swartz was indicted. Swartz downloaded 4.8 million articles before he was caught, but today Sci-Hub hosts over 88 million articles basically from every publisher. At its peak, SciHub hosted over 90% of every scientific article that was ever published. SciHub is the work of one single person named Alexandra Elbikin. Getting to know Alexandra Elbikin. Alexandra Elbikin is a 33-year-old woman from Kazakhstan. She wrote an autobiography titled Autobiography 1.1 in Russian. She built her first website by age 12 and hacked her first website by age 14. She got a degree in computer science. She bounced around neuroscience in Germany and the United States, but grew frustrated over her work not being acknowledged. She commonly got in fights with other people in the lab. 
launching SciHub, getting sued. She started SciHub in 2011 and it grew to be pretty large in its first four years before the publishers ultimately took her to court. The publisher's case, SciHub is breaking the law by distributing material that they do not have the legal right to distribute. Alexandra refused to show up in court. The judge ended up awarding the publishers $15 million in damages. It was clear that she did not have this amount of money, and there was no pretense to even suggest that she would pay. The hosts of Radiolab say that there is an unspoken agreement that as long as she remains in the place that she currently is, she will never pay a dime. The FBI believes she is being protected by the Russians, but no one really knows where she is. The FBI has subpoenaed all of her Apple and Google data, and speculated that she may be in collusion with Russian intelligence services. Contacting Alexandra Elbegin While no one knows where she is, she remains very online. The hosts of Radiolab started direct messaging her and got in contact with her. She has effectively never done an interview before, but messaged Eli Cohen and said she would be in Kazakhstan and available for an interview. So Eli got on a plane in San Francisco and flew to Kazakhstan. Flying to Kazakhstan to interview Alexandra Elbegin. They agreed to meet at a roundabout in front of his hotel surrounded by gray, nondescript buildings near a massive Soviet archway. Eli Cohen was not sure that she was even going to show up. A woman with bright dyed hair approached him, wearing lilac purple pants and a button-down shirt that had words like humanity, chaos, and change printed on it. He knew this had to be Alexandra Elbegin. It was clear that she had done very little investigating into Eli considering she was expecting him to be a female. They walked to her aunt's apartment to conduct the interview. She said that she was not a Russian spy. She felt she did not get the recognition she deserved when studying in Germany and the United States, which is why she decided to return to Kazakhstan. Back in Kazakhstan, she read on online message boards where other scientists were having trouble getting access to certain papers. She began using her old university logins to get access to papers that scientists on the message boards did not have access to. She viewed it as a social activity. The other scientists were so grateful when she got them the paper they needed. Quote for the first time, Thank you were sent to me, Alexandra Elbekin. She began to get so many requests for papers that she knew she needed to automate her services. Creating SciHub she created a proxy server to make it appear that her computer was at the university. She set up a rotating list of logins that had access to all of the library databases that she needed. Alexandra Elbekin then wrote a program that made it look like a university student was requesting a given paper, and then she would receive the paper and send it off to the user that was requesting it. To her surprise, it worked, and SciHub was born. By 2019, SciHub netted 500,000 downloads per day from practically every country in the world. She did not have any concerns or fears about starting SciHub. She was aware of Aaron Swartz's story, but it was not something that would have influenced her decision. Quote, maybe I was a little bit naive, but I thought the app was going to overthrow academic publishing and the corporatized system. Alexandra Elbekin. She did not consider taking the site down when she was sued in 2015 because SciHub had become an indispensable tool for hundreds of thousands if not millions of people. She sent a letter to the judge explaining why people should have access to the scientific knowledge kept behind a paywall and that she would not be participating in the trial. 
instead of fighting the battle in court, Alexandra Elbakin chose to be a wanted woman. New case in India, Nilesh Jain. In December 2020, the publisher sued Alexandra again in India. At this point, she became famous for not defending herself. Just as the hearing began, a rogue 27-year-old lawyer named Nilesh Jain from Delhi showed up to defend Alexandra Elbakin in the case. As soon as he saw Sai Hub being sued, he knew he had to step up to defend it. Nilesh could not afford the expensive research materials to become a lawyer, so he turned to Sai Hub. He says that Sai Hub was the reason he got through law school. After seeing the headlines about the publishers suing Alexandra in India, Nilesh reached out to Alexandra via Twitter DMs, offering to represent her in court by himself for free. This was the first time a lawyer had contacted Alexandra. Copyright laws in India are looser than in other parts of the world. Additionally, Sai Hub had about 800,000 monthly users in India. Just two days after contacting her via Twitter DMs, Nilesh Jain appeared in court to defend her. Alexandra agreed to join the case given the relatively higher chance of success in India compared to being tried in other parts of the world. However, she was forced to agree to a conjunction that effectively paused all new paper uploads to SciHub until a verdict was reached. The case has stalled in the Indian court system, and as of this writing, it has now been two years since a new paper was uploaded to SciHub. How SciHub is changing science. Today, more than 50% of scientific papers are already published in open access. In the past several years, the big publishers have come out in support of open access. Publishers have changed who they charge when granting access, they have mostly switched from charging the individual to charging the university or an institution. A new regulation has been passed. By 2026, every paper that gets federal funding will be made immediately free for all to read. SciHub may be losing the battle, but open access is winning the war. That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The Top 10 Ideas of the Week. Every Monday.